to set your clocks back. You got here an hour early. I started to tell Maggie, I said, just tell them to set their clocks back one half hour. But she didn't. She put a full hour because she knew that would be kind of lying. And so. How many of you stayed up the extra hour because you knew you had an extra hour? Yeah, there you go. We're the smart people. <laughs> oh, I've got an extra hour, so I'll just stay up an extra hour. And Oh, but I missed that extra hour of sleep. Wow. If I didn't feel like what we're talking about, what we've been preaching was so important, I wouldn't even get up here to share, but, but I believe this is what we need to hear this morning because we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for the past, past three or four weeks. And last week we ended with um, a verse from Luke 11. We're going to look at Luke today. So if you have your Bibles, just flip over to Luke 11. I love it when God just shows me things that I haven't seen before. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's just fresh revelation. doesn't mean it's new because it's always been there, but it's new to you. It's new to me. And sometimes I think we make the mistake of pulling scriptures out of context because some other preacher's done that, so you just look at it in that context, and you don't even consider the context it was written in. So you miss a whole bunch of more teachings because you lock it into this certain thing. And, and we're all guilty. I guess preachers are, are guilty of that. I try to preach what's in, in the context of what Jesus is saying. But I think where, where we ended last week, and, and I don't know how many of you... Because at the end, I asked for a show of hands. How many of you have stayed on the other side of the Jordan? You're really not really wanting the deeper things of God. Uh, how, how many of you went across and you were baptized in the Holy Spirit and you were walking in the deeper things of God and, but went back to the wilderness? Now, there are people that do that. And, and I had, you would not believe how many hands, unless you were peeking, you would not believe how many hands were lifted when I said, how many of you have been baptized in the Spirit but came back because of whatever reason? Apathy, uh, you know, just circumstances, uh, unanswered prayers, so to speak. Uh, you got upset with God. So you said, well, I'm just knowing I'm going to go back and do the, what I used to do, be safe. Uh, and, and there were a lot of hands that went up. But what I, really, what I really wanted to leave you with last week, when I asked you, it's a very personal thing uh, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What I was, wanted to leave you with was the thing about supplication. When they were in the upper room, when the 120 or so went to the upper room, they were waiting for the promise. They didn't know it was going to be 10 days. Uh, Jesus didn't tell them. He just said, go wait. But it was actually 10 days that they waited, and they didn't know what they were waiting for. It's kind of like Abraham when, when God said, Abraham, uh, pack up your stuff. I've got a place for you to go. And he packed up everything, and it said he didn't know where he was going, but he got ready to go. So when Jesus said, go and wait, it said then that they got together and prayed, and they were in one accord, and that's so important. They were, they were of one mind, one accord, they, but they, in prayer, it says in prayer and supplication. You know, they were, they were pressing in. And the word supplication, when you go back and do the study of it, was they were praying out of an extreme need. And I think that the, part of the problem with us in, in our culture today is we don't have the extreme need or see, the, see it as an extreme need. 
It's just, well, I think I'll go to that church because they believe that. And that sounds like it's better than what I've got. But they're not going out of an extreme need. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit was birthed in me in a, in a baptism or an immersion type of way when I was 47. Because I'd come to the end of me and I said, God, there's got to be more. And, and I just knew because how many of you walked in the empty, in an empty Christian life? You, you didn't see any power. You didn't see any, anything happening. But you were still doing the deal. You're still reading your Bible. You're still praying. But you weren't seeing any results. And in, in if somebody was healed or an answered, a prayer was answered, it was like, wow, God answered a prayer I prayed. We shouldn't even be, we shouldn't even be surprised when he answers our prayers, church. Should be the norm. Yeah, I just prayed for somebody there. I prayed for a guy last week, and I said, check out your ankle. And he said, after I prayed for him, he said, yeah, it feels great. I think he's here today. And I ask you this morning to come up and just receive your healing. And, and But go test it out. Go say, you know, they, when they told the guy to get up and jump, I mean, get up off his feet, rise up, they didn't pray a long prayer. They said, man, I'm going to, I don't want any gold. I need, well, I've got a little silver, and it's not really silver. I don't have much. But here's what we got, guys. We just have Jesus, and he says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You know, praying, praying, praying. We just get up and walk. And he got up and he walked and then he demonstrated the fact that he was healed because he clicked his heels. He was jumping and shouting and praising. They couldn't contain him. That's the way we should be, church. And that's kind of the way it was today. It was good. I love it when the house of God comes alive. Kind of reminded me a little bit about Brazil. <laughs> they just like, man, they just jumping and shouting all the time. You almost kind of want to go, hey, just cool it. <laughs> I can't jump anymore. I'm tired. But I was going back to uh, this, this situation of Jesus being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Before we go to Luke 11, look at uh, Matthew 3. You remember Jesus was, was water baptized by John the Baptist. Then what happened next? The Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. That's when Jesus, at the age of 30, began his ministry. You know, I was thinking, what was, well, let's just read this. This this is what God said to Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I got to thinking, why is he pleased with him? Why was he pleased with him? He hadn't done nothing yet. He had not done one miracle yet. And God baptized him with the Holy Spirit. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, he was well pleased with him just because he, he was his son. First of all, he was just, we have, that's, a, that's a kind of a given, isn't it? That's my son. I'm well pleased. That's my son back there. I'm well pleased with Wes. He's my son. I'm well pleased with him. But I, I got to thinking, why, why did he say that? So go back to Matthew 3.13, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him. He's like saying, no, Jesus, I know you should be baptizing me. Why are you coming to me? But Jesus answered, look at verse 15. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Somebody said a while ago, I think it was Terry he was, or, or Carly, he was just obedient. He was well pleased with his son because he was willing to fulfill what God sent him to do. Now, this is a word for us, church. 
We need the baptism. We need the empowering of the Holy Spirit to fulfill what God has called every one of us to do. Y'all get that? We, we, we need more than the deposit. I'm saved. I've got my ticket punched. We've got a purpose, a destiny, a plan. God has one for every person in here. Black, white, yellow, red, blue. It doesn't matter how old you are, how much money you have. He's got a purpose for you. And he said, you need the empowering of the Holy Spirit if you're ever going to realize my purpose I put in you. And you can get there. You can hang out on the other side of the Jordan. And you can be satisfied there, but you will never fulfill your God-given destiny until you say, I want everything you have for me, God. Y'all believe believe that? That's why he said, this is my beloved son. You know I am well pleased. He's my son, but he's going forward. And it's not going to be pretty. He's going he's gonna to live this life, but one day he's going to die a cruel death. You see, we don't like that part of it, but that's what he's asked every one of us to do, to die. He's, he's asked us to die. We will never live until we die. We will never fulfill the purposes of God until we die to self. We need a recognition this morning that we need the Holy Spirit. We need an awareness that without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things through Christ. Some of you want that. Some of you really want that. You want the everything. Now look at Luke chapter 11. You know, we ended with that scripture of, you know, about the child asking, would, would the father give his son something bad if he asked for something good? And, and, and he said, well, of course not, even though you're evil. He said, how much more your heavenly father would give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's the, that was the, the verses that we pulled out last week. But I want us to go back to Luke 1 and see that in context. And we probably won't get near through it, okay? But we're going we're gonna to begin. Verse 1, look at this in the context. Now, as, we, as, I, as I speak this morning, I want you to think of this passage in the context of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Can you all do that? A couple of things at one time. Luke 1, now it came to pass as he, that was Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Now, the first thing I want you to recognize is that Jesus prayed in public. And he set the example when he prayed. They knew there was something good about his prayers. They knew something was happening with his prayers. So that's, I think they had, all of a sudden they had a recognition, like I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. We need to pray like that. We need to have that. We need to have that ability to pray like Jesus is praying. So teach us to pray. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Listen, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do just what he said to do. 
It's not just some nice little kid and little rote prayer that you learned when you were growing up. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, we've got it, we've got it down. We, we've got it down. We've even got the English down. We've got the thys and the these. If you learned it like I did when I was a kid. And you are probably wondering, where's the rest of it? He didn't read all of it. Well, it wasn't all there in Luke. But he said, listen, if we're going to be people of prayer, we've got to recognize it's not about us. He goes right into, it's about him. It's about my father. It's about his kingdom. We kind of like to make it about our kingdom. Even in denominations or even churches, we like to make it about our little kingdom. The kingdom of freedom fellowship. It's not about us. Okay? He says, when you pray, he said, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And he said, I want it to be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Are we there yet? I don't think so. He says, listen, it's important that God, you understand that God is your provider. But then he says something really drastically important. And I believe this is key for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When he said in verse 4, forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted or sinned against us. If you are holding on to unforgiveness and grudges and bitterness and all that, and you say, well, God, I want everything you have for me, then he's going to say, go forgive your brother. He's going to say, go love your brother. Go, go redeem your brother or your sister or your, your ex or your children or whoever that teacher that you didn't like or that guy who arrested you. Go, go forgive them. Quit holding on to all that and expect that I can pour something into that dirty vessel. Look, verse 5, it gets, it's just so, so clear when God was showing this to me compared when he was showing me this in relationship to the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight? Say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on this journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, don't trouble me. The door is shut and my children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give to you. If you go back and study the Jewish culture, they all lived in one room. They're all sleeping all over the place. And if somebody came to the door, talk, 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 in midnight wanted something, the dad had to get up and stumble all over his kids to get the bread. He's going to dis- disrupt the whole, whole household just for something. He says, I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because his friend, he is his friend, yet because of what? His persistence. Say persistence. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now, listen, it's not that God didn't want to give you something. He wants you to recognize you need something. It's going back to the supplication thing. I think it's awesome that God showed me this. Oh, God, I wish he'd give me the Holy Spirit. But you know what? He's just so, he's just so tired. He just won't give me nothing. So you just ask. He doesn't give, so you leave. You're not, you're not coming to him the way he asked you to come to him. Remember what he said? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't recognize who he is. We don't recognize that we're supposed to pray in a different way. We don't give him honor and glory. 
And yet then we go, hey, God, I need something. Could you give me the Holy Spirit? I'd sure like to be that baptized in that Holy Spirit, speaking tongues. And he goes, what? Go forgive your brother. Don't come to me like that with this pride issue that, oh, I deserve this. God, you better give it to me. You better come to him humbly. Recognizing who he is. Oh, I want to get in that line where they're imparting the Holy Spirit. Bam, 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 bam. But you're coming up there with junk in your life and sin, and you don't recognize who Jesus is, but you say, well, that looks pretty cool. I'd like to have that, just like Simon the Sorcerer. Hey, I'd like to have that little gift. That's pretty tricky, man. Give me that one. I, hey, I got some money. I'll buy that one. See what I'm saying? God's positioning you and me to receive what he has for us. But it might take some work on our part. I hate to use that word work. But it might take some things in our lives that we need to get rid of. It might take some recognition in our life that we recognize who God is. It may take some, some time of us just letting God look at our hearts that we might forgive somebody. Look at it, go back to the prayer. He said, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Isn't that weird to throw in the prayer, the Lord's prayer? Why would he put that in there? You know why? Because we need to recognize that we can't do anything of our own strength. We need him to deliver us from the evil one. I used to pray, why don't we put that in the prayer? God, why'd you put that in the prayer? I'm yours. He said, yeah, Aaron, but you need to yield. You need to submit. And we, we, we've got some stuff backwards, church. Oh, God's a gracious God. He'll just give me what I want when I want it. How's that working out for you? He said, man, if you're going to go to your neighbor's house and wake him up in the middle of the night, you better have a good need. You better really need some bread. Then if that guy wakes up the next day and he said he didn't have anybody over at his house, you didn't need any bread, that, and that guy's going to get mad. But after, he said, look, I've got, I've got people coming over. And I really need some help. Hey, buddy, could you just open up and give me some bread? Extreme need. Open up. Could you just, come on, let me in. I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. We want the quick fix. We're a microwave Holy Spirit people. <laughs> Ding. Got it. move on so I say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and he who, to him who knocks it will be open now remember that is a continuation of what What do you call it Basil see a present active vindictive that's why I don't say those things because coming out of my mouth you like, eh? <laughs> it's a continuation it's a asking seeking knocking it's what until you find. Okay. If a son asks for bread and his father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, speaking of fish, hmm. we went fishing with some people and they had a fish fry last night. They called me up like 30 minutes before, so we're cooking fish tonight. Do you have any plans? I said, yeah, we do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there, David. <laughs> I have forgiven you, brother. If you ask for a fish, 
Will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? That's some pretty weird stuff, huh? Hi, Daddy. I <laughs> like an egg. Here's a scorpion. <laughs> oh, those Jews. <laughs> if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, I've got a question for you. And, and I put this, I want to read it because I thought it was kind of cute. I'm going to let, let me get up in your Kool-Aid, as Ron Campbell would say, and ask you this. Are you, are we more prone to give our children things that they don't need than things of the Lord? Daddy, I want, a, I want an iPod. Daddy, I want a cell phone. Daddy, I want a bicycle. Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I want that. Mommy, I want this. Mommy, I want that. And we're going to oh, just quit. Okay, I'll give it to you. They're just persistent. You just give it to them. But we don't give them the things of the Lord. We'll give them thing things, but we won't give them what they need because they don't recognize the need because they don't see mom and daddy recognizing the need. There goes Christmas sales for Freedom Fellowship. Retailers are upset, I can see. Think about it, guys what our kids ask for and what we give them. Pin drop. I'm guilty. My kid, my grandson, Papa, can I spend the night with you? Yeah, Preston, you can spend the night. Papa, can we go to Target? Why, you want to get a new Bible at Target? (laughs) We go to Family Christian. Y'all hearing me, church? We're laughing, but it's serious. What are we giving our kids? They're asking for one thing, or we're really giving them what they really need, or uh, not? Let me ask you this. What are you asking for? What are you asking for? What are you believing for? What are you pressing in for? What are you supplicating for? What are you praying for? What's your thoughts when you wake up and when you go to bed at night? What's on your heart? It's so easy. And listen, all of us are guilty. It's so easy to get our eyes on the wrong things, our hearts on the wrong things. And I think God, that's why, we, that's why God gives us messages. Refocus the people. Refocus yourself, Harold. If we're going after God with every fiber of our being, then more than likely the things we ask for will change. And more than likely we will not be satisfied until we get those things. As a matter of fact, we just may change some things or ways in our lives so that we're aligned to receive what God has been waiting to give us. It's going to take some changes for all of us. There's not one of us in here that couldn't change something in our life that's a hindrance, right? 
Again, all this passage in Luke is in relationship to the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, and he was casting out a demon and it was mute. See, so he kind of transitions into something else. You go, well, how's that fit? But he cast out a demon, it was mute, wouldn't, couldn't speak. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, Jesus, thought, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If you're double-minded in your approach to the Holy Spirit or in the way you walk your Christian life, if you're here one day and here the next, the Bible says a double-minded man doesn't think, don't think you can get what? Anything from God. Jesus was trying to explain to them, listen, if, if Satan's doing this, I and mean, he's, he's kind of messing up his own house. He's dividing against himself. Doesn't make sense that Satan would do what he, Jesus was doing. But don't we, sometimes we get this teeter-tottering. I'm thinking of that carpet teetering out of that truck. <laughs> don't, we, don't we get this teeter-tottering mindset sometimes? And, and then we think God's going to honor our, our wavering. He's going he's gonna to honor our being tossed to and fro by every little wind of doctrine. And yet we say, well, but I want what God has for me, but we're not willing to even believe the truth. And so we're, we're not going to receive. We're not going to receive the Holy Spirit if you don't believe there is a Holy Spirit. You're not going to receive the gifts if you don't believe the gifts exist. You're not going to receive the gifts of prophecy or the gift of tongues or the gift of healings or the gift of miracles. If you say those things deceased, they, they're no longer active. But yet, was I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, God says, change the way you think. If Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast him out? Therefore, they will be your... See, they had their own exorcist, okay? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with a finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger, and that stronger is Jesus Christ, when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all of his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. That's an indictment on the church of that day, but it's kind of an indictment on us today. Are you a gatherer or are you a scatterer? Do you approach and pray in the, in the realm of power that this binds up the strong man and, and, looses, and, and looses God to come into their life and capture them, capture their heart? Listen, when you win one person to Christ, they can go and win hundreds of people. And you have gotten a spoil from that victory. And we don't even think of it in that realm. We, think of, we just think in such a, a fleshy realm. And, and God wants us to think deeper. He, his deeper truths, his ways are higher. I know his thoughts are higher. But he wants us to go after his ways and his thoughts. Don't just dismiss them on his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. No, he wants us to go after him. He says, we have the mind of Christ. 
Look at verse 24, and, and Chad gave a beautiful picture of this Wednesday night. If you miss Wednesday nights, you sometimes miss some really gems, some, go, and some opportunities to be blessed. We were blessed Wednesday night with testimonies. And Chad was one of those that was, I would ask a group of them to share the way they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he used this scripture. And that's, again, this is what brought me to this, Chad, of looking at Luke 11 in, in relationship to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Look at 24. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, the unclean spirit does. <laughs> dry places. That's why we have so many unclean spirits in West Texas. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he says, uh-oh, I remember. I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. You ever done that? Lord, cleanse me. Lord, forgive me. I just give everything I have to you. Oh, Lord. And you just, this is everything. You just clean. You're all clean, man. You're all forgiven. And, but you don't do anything else. You just stop there. You don't say, Lord, fill me. You don't say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. I want to be useful in the kingdom of God. We just cleanse me, Lord. And the devil goes, oh, they haven't done anything about that cleansing. They haven't been filled back up. That's one of the big cautions in in Freedom Foundations or in Deliverance Ministry. We pray, hey, guys, if you're not serious about getting free and clean and, and being filled, then don't do this because it could be worse for you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That guy that was, man, he, he was addicted and he got rid of his addictions, but he didn't fill it up with Jesus. He didn't fill his life up with Jesus Christ. It became worse than ever before. Because that demon said, hey, let's go get our buddies. Oh, Joe's clean. He's, let's go. Let's, let's, get, let's get back. Let's take back our dominion. And so Chad was out in the, in the wilderness seeking God, and he just got emptied of all the junk. God just emptied him of all the junk. And he said, my baptism in the Holy Spirit was when God began to fill up were all the things that I'd emptied. It wasn't no bell, there were no bells and whistles, no lightning flashing across the sky, but he knew from that day forward he was a different man. He knew that he knew that he knew that God had done a radical work in his life. I don't even know what I'm talking about. You just, you just cleanse you, and God comes and fills you up, and all of a sudden thing, you're speaking things that you would never have spoken before. You're witnessing to people that you would never have spoken to before. You're, you're praying in a different way. You're, you're studying. You have this hunger. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can call it what you want to, but God says if I'm filling you up, you're going to know it. There's going to be a difference in your life. Listen, if there's not a difference in your life and you say, I've had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I've been filled, it probably didn't happen because God is not a God that just leads us the way we are. That's why repentance is so key in receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to end with that. Repentance is so key. Listen, I want to give you the definition of repentance. It may not be the one you heard before. And God showed this to me through other people, that books that I had read, but then he showed me something else a little bit further. Then there's a truth, and Misha, and then there's a deeper truth, right? Repentance. Repent. I'm walking in a different direction. 
walking just the opposite way. That's what we have always been taught is repentance, right? Just turn around and go the opposite way. Go into the drug house, turn around and go toward Walmart. Go some other direction. Go the opposite way you're going. Listen, that's not repentance. That's a form of it maybe. But it's in here when it changes. It's up here when it changes. I'm talking to some of you this morning. You've repented of addictions. You're not even doing them anymore. But you still want them. You haven't repented. You haven't. Because God will change the way you think if you'll allow him to change your mind. So it's like, and I saw a beautiful picture of it in that movie, not a fan. They were sitting in the truck, the mom and the dad. He had sold, he was selling his house. He was going to go work in a, a soup kitchen. He had given everything to God. And she was like, oh, I just can't believe we're doing this. Does this hurt you as much as it does me? He said, yeah, it hurts. It's, it's tough. She said, but he said, would you go back? She said, well, I can't go back. We can't go back. We've already sold the house. We can't go back. He said, you can in your heart. See, she hadn't repented. She still wanted that. And changed the way she thought. She just didn't have it anymore. True repentance is when you lay it down and nail it down to the cross. And you give it to God and you say, God, change the way I think. That's the way. When he says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, listen, and if it doesn't happen instantaneously, then you keep with persistence bringing that back and saying, I repent. I give this to you, God. I give this to you. I lay it down. And there will be a day comes when you're not even thinking about it anymore because you've repented. And it's changed. And that's that glorious day. Amen? I'm laying groundwork. You know, I could have preached one Sunday, and maybe, well, God just didn't, do, didn't show me that. I could have preached one day and said, everybody come forward that wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. God did not show me that. He said, you're not ready, some of you. There's got to be a cleansing. There's got to be a repentance. There's got to be supplication. There's got to be a recognition that you need what you need. There's got to be some forgiveness. There's got to be some uh, recognizing that you can't do it on your own. You've got to come to that place. I came to that place 12 years ago now. Does that mean I've arrived? No. That means i still got to come to that place. It's a daily thing. It's a daily walk. It's a daily grind in a way. It's a daily release. It's a daily prayer. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this every day. He didn't say, he didn't say memorize this prayer and pray that prayer, but he, the gist of it was you need to do these things if you really want to walk in freedom. So here's the question. What are you asking for? Are you willing to go to that place to get what God wants to give you? That's the question this morning. Because I, in my mind, I can, see, I can see things in the natural that aren't already completed. When we walked in this building, and it was ugly, I could see this. Some people have that ability. Some, you know what I'm talking about? Raise your hands if you know what I'm talking about. You can already see something renovated before it's renovated. Others, you, you can't, and that's, that's cool. I mean, you just can't. But I can see this body fully on fire, 
immersed in the Holy Spirit, going out in this city. I can just close my eyes and see people hit businesses, just praying with somebody. People walking through the hospital halls and somebody's and the Holy Spirit says, go in that room. That person at the grocery store that, that needs it, that, that everybody else thinks that person looks good. May the Holy Spirit quickens your spirit to say, that person needs encouragement today. I can see a people that, that don't just read the books like radical, not a fan. See, we can read all those books. Crazy Love. I'm going to go hear Francis Chan next week. He wrote this great book. We can read those books just like we can read this book and say, wow, that was a good story. Or we can say, God, I'm your story. I'm your story. How does a book read? What are you asking for this morning? Would you stand to your feet? Again, there's not going to be an invitation for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If, if that's what you're thinking, I mean, if that's what you want, I'll be glad to pray for you. But there's not going to be an invitation for it. And I guess I, the caution is this, that the, it's about the, oh, the Spirit's coming back. If you don't really want it, don't go, don't go after it. Because he, he will radically change your life. You might tick off your wife or wife might tick off the husband. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, baby, uh, what, what are you doing when I'm selling all this stuff? Uh, what are you doing? That's my stuff. I, and I'm not saying it's about selling your stuff, okay? I'm just using that as an example. You mean we're not going to have that in the house anymore? We're not going to watch that anymore? Listen, it makes a, it, there's changes that take place when you radically follow Christ. And I believe the radical following of Christ involves and includes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to apologize for that. Just like I'm not ever going to apologize again that we should tithe. I'm not. God's called us to radical faith. He's a radical God. And he requires much. He does. And we can keep going this walk and keep doing this thing or we can revolutionize the city for Jesus. It's our choice. What are you asking for this morning? Would you bow your heads? Father, this morning as we go from this place, I believe the ones that are really truly seeking you, they're not going to walk out of here the same. But this whole week will be a, a, a... a week of retrospect, inspection, examination. I don't know what it's going to be for each person. But I know one thing, God. I can't fix anybody here, and I can't make anybody want anything. All I can do, Lord, is present the word, and you say your word will not return void. Not me. You said that. So, Father, I pray that you would just begin to saturate us with your thoughts. That we would begin to see the way you want us to walk this walk, live this life. To be honest in our businesses and not separate our business from our personal life. 
or our church life that you'll have all of us all the time. To be radical warriors and worshipers for the kingdom of God. To promote you. To lift you up. To exalt you. That's my prayer. I know that's your heart's desire. That the desires of our heart would be you. You alone. So, Father, this morning, touch our hearts. Slice into us. Expose the things that we need to be exposed in our life. I'm just going to give you a few moments just to pray silently. Just ask yourself the question, what am I asking for? Can y'all prepare communion? I'm glad you reminded me, hon. Just prepare communion. Well, let's we'll let that be our closing today. And, and listen, that's, that's a great way to close. God had this figured out before we did. As you take communion today, that's the invitation. Commune with God. Recognize who He is. And recognize your need for Him. And then I'm going to just ask you to go quietly, either into the fellowship hall or in the foyer, but just to be in a reverent time of surrender. Okay? Would y'all do that? Just be, be mindful of that. Not a lot of noise. Some people can take communion and Maybe this will be the most meaning, meaningful communion you've ever taken. I don't know. You can, from the back, behind the columns, you can go backward. That doesn't sound good. Go backward. Turn around and go that direction. Repent. <laughs> the rest of you repent and come this way. But let's just make this a really special time. Then be blessed as you go. Okay? God bless you. Father, we just consecrate communion today. The body and the blood. The body of Christ broken for us. The blood shed for us. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name.
can't be left behind. No one else will do, and I will take hold of you. 'Cause I need you, Jesus. Come to my rescue. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved. Capture me with grace. I will follow you. I will follow you. Come to my 
Spirit, 
See you. 